All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone out in the wonderful world of the internet. Hello, Amber. Uh, and uh, thank you once again to Guy and Gabe and the whole reinventing uh, crew that helps us create this space uh, where we can talk about feelings, which is something we don't typically do in the tattoo world. Um, so thank you for this platform. Uh, thank you for everyone involved who makes this happen. Thank you, Amber, for always showing up. It's always great to see you and hear your insights. And always uh, host it. Hey, appreciate it. And uh, Dusty will be here in a little bit. Um, he's going to be late today. And I have a lot of chaos going on outside of this room. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a very angry baby who is fighting a nap. <clears throat> so uh, he, uh, he, uh, he's making a fuss. But it's been cool, um, you know, spending more time with him. Uh, me and my oldest son have been, like, taking the baby out on little journeys. So that's been kind of cool. Nice. Yeah, it's been fun. He takes naps in the car. And then sometimes this happens because, you know, it's it's so weird, like, babies fighting sleep. Like, why do they do it so much? Because <laughs> they're afraid of missing something. Mm. Yes, their FOMO is is real, and uh, I I see that I see that, and it's funny because like, man, he really he fights it, and then all of a sudden he's just down. Oh yeah! Wow, it looks fucking beautiful where you are, Lauren. Holy cow! Thank you, Robbie. Hey, Amber. Hey, Robbie. Hey, I am uh, down the. I decided to go on a walk and join you guys. Uh, I'm actually in Appleton, Wisconsin. It's a place I love, dear to my heart. So I decided to join the podcast from the water. That Georgia. is beautiful out there. Yep. Uh, I saw an eagle flying over a little bit ago. There's a lot of birds and a lot of people. So it just felt there's no trains. Okay. Yeah, it just felt really calm. And I thought I'd join and see what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Um, right now I'm here on a baby screaming in the background. So uh, <laughs> my topics are um, just trying to get my head straight. But it was funny because as Amber was just saying, the reason why kids fight is because the FOMO, they fight sleep because they're afraid of missing something. And uh, I wonder how often we fight things in our lives due to FOMO. Uh, I know tattoo conventions are a perfect example of that for me because a lot of the time I felt like I had to go otherwise like I'd be missing something good and then you get there and you're like wow this is um just a lot of work in a, in a few days and uh, a high stress environment and it's like wow I wasn't missing anything so it's and then <clears throat> you relate that to anything in your life how many things are we looking far over here when really we're overlooking what's in front of us. So FOMO is an interesting thing. It's funny. I got a card in my reading recently in my tarot reading. Really? Five of cups. You're lamenting what you've spilled and ignoring what's still full. Ooh, interesting. I got that card recently. I'm like, all right, I need to start counting my blessings and stop looking at the negative shit again. That's a real one. <laughs> I get that one a lot. That's real as fuck. Lauren, what was uh, what was the input you had to drop a second ago? Uh, theory of success. Ooh, okay. I'm not necessarily afraid, but it just comes along with so many things. Right. Responsibilities. Right, you've got and like uh, we were talking to someone on an interview once, El Chimu, and he had he said that now that he's grown in a way that his clients expect, he has has like a responsibility to them to behave that way or whatever, you know. Like hmm. it's pretty interesting. I'm not saying I'm fearful of success or whatever because you know I have two kids. I'm a success story right now. I'm a mom, but like in terms of business success, it's kind of scary to know that. A lot of people experience diminishing happiness with six, certain levels of success and whether or not the fun part is in the chase or the fun part is in, um, you know, either you're living the dream or your life's a dream. 
you know, it's two different little concepts. So it, it makes me a little fearful too, kind of on the, the kind of same thing that you're saying, Amber, you know, focusing on negative, but like, if you kind of stop and focus on the positive, it's super overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it can be. So can be, yeah. Like if I were, if I were to look at the things I've wanted out of my life and the things I've got now, um, versus the things I complain about or worry about, you know, there's there's an overwhelming gap there um, because I I always achieve the things, um, and I think there's just always this, there's always a next chaos. There's always a next storm. Like I feel like, and I feel like with me, that's why it's hard to fully appreciate the successes. Cause no matter what something, another wave is going to come and smack you in the head. If you're not looking, you know, mm. it's even um, if you're looking, it's still coming. You just need to know whether, when it's coming. That's totally true. And it's really, it's really difficult a lot of the times to be like, oh, wait, so is this it? Like, am I here? Did I arrive? Like, wh what is the, is this success? Like, is this a part of the journey? Is it yes to everything? Is it no to everything? Like, so it's really interesting um, just feeling where you are in your journey. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think we really do a lot of feeling where we are on the journey i did not i was uh visiting my mom like i told you robbie mm -hmm. in uh fort myers which she didn't get hit bad by that hurricane but i went down to fort myers beach and it was literally destroyed like i couldn't believe it like it looked wow. terrible terrible people are having like like stepping on glass in the water and developing like this flesh eating bacteria and it just really? anyway she was we're going through, you know, she's worked her whole life. We didn't grow up with money or anything like that, but now she's worked long enough that she's understood like different contracts and she's doing very well for herself. She's driving through this fancy neighborhood with all these fancy cars and all this. And she's like, Oh, well, they're really nice. And it had me thinking like, well, of course they're nice. They've got all this stuff. They've got their dream. They've got, but really what does that show about your character and having all those nice things? Is that really, that's not it. And it kind of that, realization hit me when I'm looking at this lady kind of like stumbling into her Mercedes like pissed off and I was thinking like <laughs> value and happiness is, that's what it is that is the value and it's yeah. kind of crazy just crazy to think about well it's funny that you say that because you know I have that 59 Cadillac that's fucking <laughs> you know what I'm saying and like when I drive that thing it's like it's like literally driving a, a life-size toy you know, I've got adjustable suspension where it goes up and down and stuff. And like, you know, you drive it around, you're in charge of this vehicle. Right. And it's like, you know, you're driving it around. And it's like the president's in the, the seat beside you. And like you got topless playmates all on the roof because people just honk at you and give you thumbs up and smile at you. And it's like the moments where I forget that, like, this is a lucky thing that I get to make this, you know, this this beautiful fucking toy a part of my everyday driving experience you know like man i need to fucking cool it when i'm when i'm grumpy and getting into that fucking car you know like uh -huh. I, I need to cool it when i'm in my fucking backyard that you guys have all seen like i have a fucking pretty nice situation out here with a heated pool and jacuzzi and like i, ha I like donna loves me more than anyone could love someone my children are fucking wonderful like so where where do I even get off? Like yeah. living this life, getting pissed off about any parts of this life. So <clears throat> it's interesting how it's very easy to not be able to see what's directly in front of you, which is the goods. You know, like I love how Lauren, you said like, I'm successful because I'm a mom uh, of a four and a six year old dog. If that's the case, fuck yeah, then I'm successful too. Because, you know, I got a 22 year old that loves me and like likes me and wants to hang out with me and like calls me his best friend and shit. And we have like the deepest, realest conversations and just the fucking way Zen looks at me and like only naps with me certain ways. And like, you know, like it's, it's just like, man, I got so much good. And every time I fucking get too much, you know, and like, I'm like banging my head against the wall and Donna's like, dude, you got love. And I'm like, 
I just want to, I don't even know what that means, you know, because it's so easy to lose sight of what's important and focus on this big picture that is it even important? You know, like what, what, what should, where does, where should your focus even lie? Obviously where the happiness goes and obviously, you know, the path of the path of least resistance and, you know, uh, the most, most abundant joy. Um, but like, it's hard to fucking just focus on that a lot of the time. Like, and, and I don't know if I'm alone in this where I've wondered, am I fucking nuts? Like, you know, like I, I have a hard time. Right. You know, like I have a hard time, like remembering how good I really have it, you know, and people, dude, people are always like, oh God, you're doing so great. And your life is so wonderful. And you built these great businesses and this and this and that. And it's like, thanks. Cause I don't always know that you know like i'm so focused on like the grind that y'all are seeing the product and i'm still seeing the grind mm. and, like, i think a lot of the time we have to fucking shift our focus uh and focus on the product that you well know, if you were talking about focus me like the photographer in me or amateur in me you know just you're you're zoomed in how could you see right um, all of this Right, exactly. And you just basically seeing the forest for the trees. Yeah. 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 No, you're absolutely right. And like, this happens, I'm sure it happens in photography. Uh, It happens in tattooing. You know, I'm balls deep in a project for hours. um, And then when I like, it's almost like this weird ethereal feeling of like me literally zooming out and like, I take steps away or like the, the client walks away for a second and I get a glance of the tattoo and I'm like, oh, oh. that looks dope. Yeah. You know, not like being tedious about the little part and the little fucking this and that's and like, you just get to see the picture for what it is. So yeah, adjusting that focus and zooming out is- By taking pictures of my work in different, when completely different perspective. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I see that. Right. Now I know where I need to go. I see the art that I made, you know, not, I see the mistakes that I'm worried about making. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd like to make a short film, only include like the artist lean back, like, like, (laughs) yeah. For real. I see all up and, you know, you're going like this. Well, you know, and think about it, you know, how, when you have, when you're a traditional painter, you're flipping that motherfucker upside down. You're turning it on its side, like uh huh. You know, you're running away on the other side of the room. You're running at it and like you're doing all kinds of weird shit to see what the fuck this piece of art's supposed to look like. Like um, so I took a Jed likeness se- a seminar. Um, I'm really glad I got to do that uh, before he passed, and he, like, I love his fucking painting. That I that I because he he painted during the seminar and I was like, can I buy that from you? And like an artist, this is a piece of shit. I'll give it to you. So I was like, no, I'll buy it. Like, <laughs> but like I love the painting. I still love the painting, and it's so impressionistic that when you get close up to it, you see smudges of paint. When you get far and further and further away, it actually like it's literally like a focusing lens. Like it starts to focus more properly the further you get away from it, and like maybe like all the things in life that we're in uh, involve us, you know, require us to take a step back. You know, there's, there's always, uh, what is it? The, the suggested viewing distance for a piece of man-made art. And yeah. that, is, that is created by the artist, right? Like when I, when I stand this far away from my painting, it looks the best to me. So that's where you should stand if you want it to look the best, right? So I think if we look at, life like that where do we need to stand in order to appreciate the artwork that we're making out of this life you know because i don't where in terms of space definitely not behind yourself right okay yeah yeah Yeah. and and there you go there's one answer you know like and i'm sure there's 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 more than one way to skin a cat so like there's always a number of ways where you can look at this artwork of your life but like, there's gotta be a sweet spot where like, and I think that sweet spot is like 
focusing on what you've got, acknowledging where you've been, and also having a little bit of a plan for where you want to go. But like staying where you are and remaining present, like what not overlooking what's in your cup uh, as to go back to where you were at, you know? Mm. So yeah, I, and definitely not behind yourself because how many times do we live in the past? And nobody ever said, man, my best life is living in the past. Oh my God, y'all. You know? No. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting that like you have to, you have to really fucking try hard and focus on the right things. Otherwise your life is totally different. Um, and I know we've talked about this a number of different times on this show. Um, and I feel like the mood that you bring into it also determines how you're gonna try too. Like when I did my tattoo education class in the morning and then jumped on here at five, I was still riding a high from you know starting this new business and creating this education uh, uh, style that I wanted to bring to people, right? Um, so that fucking made me jazzed up. And I noticed like every interaction I had after that moment of being so jazzed, like was still affected by that jazz. Now I'm kind of tired. So I'm going to have a different like light about me. Uh, it's not going to be as bold and vibrant uh, and it's going to have a different feeling, right? And I, uh, I think that's one of the things also is knowing where you're at and not judging yourself for it. Like, I just said, I'm kind of tired and I don't really feel bad about it. You know, whereas I would typically be like, man, I feel so bad that I'm coming into doing feelings tired. No, man, it's just where we are, you know, like mm. uh, the, the the having grace for yourself is one of the things that um, somebody I discovered during an interview uh, that I was doing for the rad movement. And this dude was like, bro, you sound like a pretty angry guy. Maybe you should have some like compassion for yourself and shit and i was like oh oh you're right <laughs> and like you know i'd heard of having grace for yourself before that i've heard self-compassion before that but like it was almost like the way i was talking to him was really asking him to give me an answer and he did and uh that was probably like three years ago almost now two years ago and it was a really valuable thing like have some compassion for yourself you know practice self-compassion and like have that grace for the situations because like man i think that's one of my hardest as well i don't typically foster grace uh as an initial reaction to things that i deem as wrong or not going the way i'd like them to especially okay. with myself what's that go ahead lauren oh i oh, didn't I was, just, I was just yeah i was gonna say is like for my kids um I would, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm like I'm perfect or at all, but like I always clean up after them. So they prefer a clean room. And it just kind of hit me when you said something. I think that if you always like clean up after yourself or clean up those negative emotions, then um, your children see that you prefer or they prefer that type of character. And it almost that preference for happiness almost seems like you're, you're not only doing yourself a favor, but those who are watching you too. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cause, and that's wild. Like, they prefer a clean room because you prefer a clean room. And, like, how much of that is you indoctrinating them and how much of that is them people-pleasing and how much of that is them um, enjoying, like, the part of the process. But, like, either way, I think that's a really cool part of it because, like, there's... I'm sure there's elements of so many different things and why that is and why we would... why that would work that way. And, and I think it's, like, power of suggestion, too. You know, power of suggestion is a big thing. You know, like how many times do you have a conversation with someone and you suggest one way and then all of a sudden they're swayed this way? So I think, yeah, it's, it's very similar when you do that with the positive emotions of happiness. Like, I don't even care if you are being happy to people please me. It's great that we're both happy and being in that happiness enough, we're going to fucking just cultivate more happiness. Um, you know, we were talking about it today, this tattoo on my hand uh it's the seal from the secret uh that book about the law of attraction um and In manifestation yeah and the woman that uh that i showed it to she was like so do you believe in that stuff i'm like yeah absolutely you know like because and then it, it's about the focus thing right when you focus on the good you have in front of you you're going to cultivate more good 
and then the ones around you are going to want that. So I like that little, I like that little bit about like the kids liking a clean room because you like a clean room and you help facilitate that. Like, and, and I then, develop it as like their norm, like in some of the stuff that I said, like Joe Dispenza says, it's like your body is separate from your mind and it prefers to feel the way that it's used to feeling. So if you've provided yourself with an angry household, you, mm -hmm. you're, you're just more comfortable angry. So I, I like in terms of a clean room or in terms of a positive attitude, it's just more if you develop that as the norm, the comfort, you naturally just kind of get back into that spot where you do feel comfortable and you're right. smiling while inside you're crying, you know, but you're smiling, you know, right. and that's normal and comfortable for your body. <clears throat> Interesting. And that's one of the things that um, I'm working on making more, more comfortable and normal is the smile on the inside instead of the crying on the inside while smiling on the outside. And I think that's um that fake it till you make it thing where if you smile enough, you know, if you, present happiness enough sooner or later it it's hard to create the chemical right exactly it's like i teach people how to tattoo by giving them ten thousand tracings up front you're gonna have some pretty damn solid lines after that you know like now that's muscle memory there and i feel like when you practice anything you get that muscle memory so that's interesting hmm what a nice chat <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Medusa messaged me before the show and she was like, so you got any topics? And I was like, <laughs> I guess no, so I, I get to see you on Thursday. What's that? I guess so I get to see you on Thursday. Medusa. You get to see Medusa on Thursday? Yep. She's uh, uh, going to do it. Yeah, she's going to be doing a guest spot at Red Tree. So. Oh, yeah. I saw so that. Awesome. That's mm -hmm. right. You're in, so you live in Wisconsin? Is that close to ohio or you just uh, let's just you do you want to hear my spanish nickname and maybe that'll do it for you holler yeah laura the exploradora as i go <laughs> everywhere anywhere nice. uh, with a backpack i'm there um i before i had my kids i was just very very gone mm. and it i've developed a new norm by being home last year i didn't feel like i was gone a lot but apparently i was gone for four months oh, and looking shit. back i'm like holy shit i was gone for four months i didn't what happened you know yeah. my kid can has no fear jumping into a pool i didn't know that you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's gone um so not really sure where i was going with that but um i yeah that i'll end up in a place or another children though yeah it's so been a positive I'm not surprised she has no fear jumping into the pool yeah my son it's it's funny because um that's one of the things my oldest tells me uh, you know, when when we first moved away from each other for the first time, um, I was very apologetic about a lot of the things I felt like were problems that I that I created as a parent in his life. And I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry that, you know, I was in my head a lot. And, you know, I, I'm sorry that I, I would have parties on the back porch all the time and drink a lot. And like, I'm sorry that I didn't know how to be the best person as well as single dad and everything you know i'm and he's like man i really loved my life like you gave me so much freedom and independence and like ability to choose so like things that i didn't like you know my my absence actually served him um which is really interesting and a super cool thing to have um looking back because it makes you feel better. It makes you feel whole. It heals parts of that situation. Um, but then at the end of the day, it makes me want to spend more time with Zen now um, because, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time with Jaden one-on-one uh, -on -one in his everyday life because I was the working dad. So Studies say you spend most of time with your children between the ages of 25 and 50. Really? Mm -hmm. I was reading this, you know, who am I? I didn't fact check this shit. So <laughs> right. there's that, but like, it, it kind of gave a graph of a timeline of who you spend your most of your time with. Obviously at the age of five, you're going to be at your four, maybe three, like my son, you're in school and you're in school a lot or you're sleeping a lot, Eight, eight hours a day. all those things. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you, you develop a work family, the people you work with, you spend a lot of time with, 
and your partner you spend the most time with, think about it, but that age between 25 and 50, the time is different. It's not a responsibility to be together. It's not a, it's, it's different. So, I mean, the choice. Yeah. I imagine you're going to be spending, um, you know, exponentially more and more time with them for a while. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. you can do stuff, stuff together. It's, it's not like a chore, like and you both, that it is. Um, you both have enough experience and, you know, knowledge to be able to stand each other. Right, right. And, you know, know, when you're going through teenage and preteen angst, you know, I didn't understand my daughter (laughs) and she didn't want anything to do with her mother. Right. You know, so after you get over all that and you're both adults, it's much easier to relate to each other and spend time together on a friendly level. Absolutely. And it's cool because like, you know, Jaden, my oldest, he helps us with Zen. Uh, and he spends time with him a lot and they bond a lot. Uh, and that's really cool to watch and be a part of. And then I also get to spend one-on-one time with Jaden doing social media marketing, you know, editing videos together, um, you know, strategizing our social medias, uh, helping him get his music career off the ground, you know, being a supporter emotionally in his music career. Cause like, I'm me and Donna are the are the the music kids, mom and dad, you know, because most of the mom and dads don't believe in these kids. So you know, we're there for all these kids. Like one of them is moving in, uh, in like two weeks, because he wants to get away from his current situation and expand. And I'm like, great, you guys living in the same room together, artistically bouncing off each other. It's like a fucking Silicon Valley house to a degree, you know, like where all these entrepreneurs get together. And I'm like, dude, you artists need to fucking get together. And, and we're, we're really good with providing that. So it's, it's very interesting how like traditional older me, like younger me, like back in the day would have treated situations like this more different than now where I'm like fully supportive and a hundred percent on board. But like, it's also cool to have everything kind of intertwines because then Jaden and Zen get to live together a little longer. Um, Zen gets to see his brother every day a little more often. I get to live with both of my sons a little more every often or a little more often uh, until time changes. But like I I get to invest this amount of time with them. Um, Whereas work is cool. I love tattooing, um, but it doesn't run my life anymore. And like I'm I'm focusing on figuring out other ways to actually spend time with my family and focus on my money, making money more for me rather than me having to go to work every day. Um, And it's odd that this whole family need hit me. And I, I think it's because the baby, once the baby was born, I was like, Oh shit, this is that whole Mm -hmm. family thing again. You know, like Jaden was family too, but like it was, it was less responsibility with a 22 year old in the house, you know, now, with the baby it's like holy shit man you really you really have to fucking focus your energy you know like where are you gonna focus your energy and uh it's all of it's gonna be on the baby right you know and like so i get to focus it all on the family just you know and it's it's been a really cool thing and Jaden's a very um homebody type kid so you know he'd rather be with us than go to parties so if i'm like oh man I'm fucking tired. It's fucking, you know, 10 o'clock and I just worked all day on a Saturday or something. Man, I just want to chill. And he's like, yeah, me too, man. Christian wants me to go to this party. And I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's really cool that like I do have these the relationships that I have. Uh, and I'm learning to cherish them way more now. Um, watching my dad die was definitely something that made me cherish, you know, the relationships inside you know, the ones that mean the most to me, you know, and then having a blessing of somebody like Donna, who just like loves and loves and loves and like just wants to love. And that's her goal. And that's her purpose. And I'm like, fuck. All right. That's really cool. And I kind of want to have that forever, you know? So um, it's interesting to see that the family has become so much more important again, whereas the tattoo shop was so important for so long. Um, And I don't even know where I was getting at with this. I think that was just a rant that came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's funny. I just looked on YouTube just for the to see. Um, 
your buddy Mike says something like what's up or something. So what's up, Mike? <laughs> oh, Mike, how you doing, brother? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine uh, that's that's Mikey who's been wanting to get on and, and see it for a while. And he said he's missed a couple. So good to see yeah. you, man. Good to see you back. Yeah. And it's it's so weird because I forget other people are here, right? You know, because like I'm mm -hmm. just I'm just at my house, uh, you know, and I like. I kind of forget we're doing a podcast. It just feels like a conversation, right? And that's how life feels. <laughs> I forget people are, are here all the time. I'm just like trudging along and getting through it, and uh, it's it's wild. I, like I said, I have to take that focus and, and look back on like what it really is here, because uh, it's it's different. It's it's interesting how different a life I live and how much I didn't realize that for so long. Uh, and here we are. And so, yeah, it's funny when, you know, you, you don't realize people are watching. <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't done the Tattoo Weekly in quite a bit. That was the only show that I like. Um, besides, you know, Amber, you watched a little bit more of it in previous times where we would do like interviews and stuff like that. But I think we'll... Mm -hmm probably relaunch the tattoo weekly sometime next month when oh, i start getting back out there a little bit i took a little bit of a hiatus yeah i was wondering what happened to it i'm like where's the tattoo weekly at i'm missing it <laughs> yeah and and you know the goal with that and i was thinking about and i've been talking to a couple other people about like um maybe we can develop like correspondence and key areas i think would be cool like actually communicating about what's happening around because there's cool stories and crazy stories and all this stuff there's a million people doing podcasts, really. And that's kind of where in any industry right now, it's very popular. But mm. some of the content that's being put out there is super relevant. Like, oh, my God, look what happened in New Jersey. They tried to pass this. It could happen to you. Or look what happened in New Mexico. There's a new bill. Or look what happened. You know, yeah. there's a lot of news-related items that I hope, like, but, yeah, like that, I, it makes me nervous. <laughs> I'd never forgot I was on a podcast. It was very, very difficult for me to even speak on those things. So I'm trying to overcome those quite a bit. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. I've I've done a lot of uh, sitting in front of a fucking computer or a cell phone or a camera and talking to people about things. And like, like I, I've said this a number of times on this show. I kind of hated doing this show at the beginning because like. I, I think it was just my resistance inside of me. Like, I love doing it, right? But I was like, fuck, I don't want to do that show. And like, all <laughs> month long leading up, I'm like, fuck, do I just text Gabe and tell him I'm not doing it this week? And like, that happened to me so, so much. And, you know, part of it was like the baby being born and not knowing how to handle life there. Uh, part of it's feeling like I'm abandoning Donna every time I leave her with the baby. Or I used to feel that way. I've gotten way better about it now. Um... But like, and then part of it, the fear of talking in front of people um, and not knowing Fact. how to, what's that? F-O-T-P. What's that one? Fear, fear of talking yeah. in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that. But like, I remember one of the earlier episodes that you came on, Lauren, I even like verbalized how I was like, I feel like you don't even want to be here, guys. And I'm having a hard time being here. And I'm feeling kind of low. And like, so it took me a while <laughs> to get comfortable with doing this. And now I think, um, you know, as they say, like confidence builds confidence. So doing things that make you confident makes you more confident, right? And so <laughs> every time I go to make it go live on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. um, I keep seeing episode 35. Right. I don't even know how many fucking episodes we have at this point. I think you said something like 40 something, Amber, but like 30. This is 35. Oh, this is 35. Okay, oh. this is 35. Yep. Okay, cool. So like I keep seeing like, you know, that some sort of number of 30 something the past few little bit. And I'm like, wow, it makes me feel very accomplished to have done so many. Um, and I know in that much talking with everyone that's on here and all the different perspectives, there's gotta be some value there, right? Because mm -hmm. like, there's a yeah. lot of talking, you know? So like, that's at least 35 hours of talking, uh, you know? So and like, we always go over. Right, exactly. So like there's, so, th so that, that in and of itself gives me confidence knowing like, wow, instead of fuck, I don't want to do this. I feel weird. What do I do with my hands? You know, it's, 
hey, um, it doesn't fucking matter as long as I have the as long as I have my tech shit figured out, which I've been doing pretty good at lately. Um, mm. You know, and as long as I have my computer with me, and as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can do this show anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the backdrop doesn't fucking matter. Um, you know, like it, it, as long as I'm on time and I have things to talk about, which I typically never don't. You know. Like, <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. It's so funny. I, the the differences in shows and stuff because I've been on the back end with reinventing for three years, and okay. it's just, uh, you know, the birth of all these shows. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. There's like this one time where there's an academic panel for Paradise BYOB, and Gabe had like just really awesome archaeologists who've discovered things around the world and like worked with mummies and you know, like just wow. crazy stuff. And I ended up doing a panel. Like I had to actually ask these questions and all of this stuff. And I was so scared or something he did with Android Jones and Aja Lu um, for the Equinox. And I was so scared, but looking back, it's like reinventing is just, you know, it, it seems to be a great place for, to not be scared. Like even having this show alone is so comfortable to know, like the whole atmosphere is so accepting of that scared feeling or whatever. And it just, normal it's definitely evolved since then well you know it's funny so i remember when i started really conceding to video so uh i'm pretty sure you're familiar with chris karloff uh chris karloff uh who recently passed away um but he had a shop in indiana that i used to visit and his brother was the manager and his brother was more of like business brain, um, trying to fuse, you know, the tattoo shop with some somewhat of a corporate structure and uh, so on and so forth. So this dude was really into a lot of social media marketing stuff um, and just was always imbibing content on like what's going on in the social media world. And so when I get there one time, he looks at my videos and he's like, bro, your engagement's fucking dumb. Like, you need to do video more. Like people love you on video. And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? And then like, I was like, well, how about this, bro? You fucking do it for me. So like then anytime, like he saw an opportunity, he'd fucking be like, Robbie, let me get your phone right quick. And while I'm tattooing, I'd fucking open up my arms, have him go in my pocket, grab my phone. And like, and fucking he'd go on Facebook and do a live for me. And then he'd he started proving to me that the people do love my number, like the numbers are, are there and people do love me. Right. And I'm like, wow, holy shit. That's weird. And I think, I think like you have to, you have to go to those, those lengths of being scared. Right. Cause like so scared that you're not even going to be strong enough or grown enough to do it yourself. Okay, fine. I know I need to do this, but you do it for me. Like, <laughs> And that was that was also a part of my awakening, and that was post Ink Master stuff. So like, I, I did that to my daughter, and it's the best, you know, because like that that helper that helper gets you moving, you know. Yeah, she, she's constantly on my case about videos for my TikTok. She's like, it. you want me to manage your TikTok, but you won't let me take any videos of you doing your thing. You're stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I know. <laughs> no, but it's serious, and and like you're not. You're just human, and and you're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of being. And sick. I forget. I forget that TikTok is even a thing. And you know what? It's a huge thing because social media is a big thing for marketing. I know. Um, and so if we're if we're not showing people our uniqueness and our craft, then we're robbing ourselves of of what's out there because like. It's our uniqueness that brings our specific client set to us in yeah. any field, right? And like sometimes it's your lack of uniqueness, the fact that you're just really exactly plain, or you know what I'm saying? But like your your specific niche is what people are coming to you for. And like I told my friend, a cool fucking guy, man. He's got dope cars, and we always go to the car shows together. And like my son drives his one Z28 Camaro, and like it's a fucking great time, right? John's awesome. And I told him, I'm like, dude, you need to fucking do like you use who you are online for the sake of creating content because people are going to love you. And he's like, people aren't going to watch boring old me. And I'm like, John, we sit for hours on your back porch talking like you're not boring. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and guys like you who feel boring are going to love your content because they're going to be like, that guy's like me and he's not boring and he's cool. Shit. I might be cool too. So you're going to inspire people too. So, you know, Amber, where you are in your life, you know, you've got a lot of family that's living in your house. There's a little Mm -hmm. bit of chaos there. You've been putting off your tattoo career for fucking years. And now you're right. And now you're ready to fucking do it. God damn it. There are so many other fucking people that are going to be inspired by seeing that story. So I manifested the hell out of this apprenticeship. Exactly. And you're fucking robbing the people that are out there that need you to inspire them. You're robbing them of your inspiration by not making the videos. So by your fear stepping in front of you and saying, no, I won't show myself. Now you're fucking shielding the the world from your light when you're really supposed to shine your light. Damn, Robbie. Sorry, dog. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> got deep there for a second <laughs> no i needed that i needed that thank you but seriously like you know i mean i i i have nothing but respect for you in a world that you know 25 years ago would have been like what are you doing tattooing out of your house but like you were tattooing out of your house for so long to figure out how to fucking get in where you fit in and yeah. now now you're fucking you found it so like yes i did you have shown me that like, dude, sometimes people fucking just ain't got the fucking situation or ain't got the courage or whatever, but I'm so proud of you. And I'm so stoked because going in at the age you're at is hard, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're grown. We know that we know shit. We don't I'm need to tell me how to do in shit. My shop. Right. So my now are younger than me by like 10 years. And now you're like, and now you're going in there with empty hands saying, Please teach me, you know, like. Um, please let me be your shop monkey, please. Right, and and egoically, I'm sure that can be tough some days. Um, you know, oh, there's no room for ego in learning how to tattoo. And that's another thing I'm proud of you about because, like, dude, this type of fucking mindset is like this is so cool for the world to see. And you're a real deal human. Just show people you being fucking human. And living your human journey. And I guarantee you, people will resonate and love you for it. And like, dude, TikTok's dumb. I got 17 and a half thousand followers because my son went on a fucking spree of posting fucking solid content, figured out, oh, the people like this, I'm gonna start doing things like this. And the people started liking it. And that happened in like six months. We got 17 and a half thousand fucking followers. Nice. Then we slowed down on it. And now we're not making anything. We're not, you know, it's not the, the momentum. Yeah. You got to pick it back up. And that's the thing. Like you've got to get in front of the camera. If you, if you're called to do it. And like I said, if yes. you want to get to the deep level, you're robbing people of who you are, because if you're meant to be a leader and if you're doing great things at some point in your life and some point in your journey, if you let others fucking see you doing those great things, you're writing fucking permission slips left and right for the people that are afraid to fucking move forward with the shit that they didn't think. Dude, I think that's the first time I ever heard it put that way. I've never heard anyone say why, like yeah. for me, I hate, I've made like literally maybe one video ever like for Instagram. I just don't like it at all. I mean, I do hundreds of YouTube videos. I, it's a little bit different, but like Amber, I'm, you know, it makes sense to what you're saying. Like maybe you forget, but for me, I, I like fear that so much of like the criticism or the backlash or the, never focus or understand positivity but to put it that way Robbie it's a little bit more enticing right you know what I'm saying and that's the thing I think and and that and then that people say how do I have grace for myself how do I have compassion for myself how do I practice self-love that type of shit I'm getting better at that I'm slowly getting better at self-love and it's it's a fucking journey right and like Self-love, it, they, they ain't no real journal on self-love, how like a, a, a how-to book, you know no. what I'm saying? Like there's, there's guides, there's people out there, there's ways that, you know, concepts and, and structures that people have figured out. But self-love is a very ethereal process and it's hard to fucking grasp. And it's not there ever. You have to make it there. So like part of it is reframing shit to fucking suit you. Because if you're constantly running around stabbing yourself, you're going to die sooner or later. But if you run around loving yourself, you might live longer. You know, like, yeah, 
And so the shitty ways we talk to ourselves and the shitty ways we, ways we view ourselves, you know, saying you're not good enough, you're too skinny, you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're too this, you're too weird, you're too unique, you're people don't want to hear what you have to say, your words aren't good enough. Like that's all fucking talk we all get from ourselves. So if we, and it if, causes our anxiety. Right. But if you reframe it and you say, you, you know, you guys want to hear something cool? Huh? I'm sorry for interrupting, Robbie. No, that's fine. Uh, I read in another meme, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Memes can have gold in them. Fear yeah. and anxiety aren't twins. They're cousins. Uh, fear is something real. Anxiety is something that you imagine. You know, and, and yeah. I, some of that, like I said, oh, I'm scared. Well, I'm not fucking scared of a computer and a camera. Right. You know, 99% of the things that those things that I'm thinking are literally in my head and maybe 1% is in, uh, influenced by my actual environment. Right. I've got you know? 99 problems and 98 of them are <laughs> things I've created in my head that have never actually happened. Yeah. Beatrice. Yes. And like, <laughs> that's the thing. <clears throat> I went on fucking international television and cried on like the first episode. So when I was on Ink Master, I cried. Um, got made fun of and picked on for crying there. Um, so cool. Uh, you know, I remember seeing that. I remember thinking, that's pretty cool that there's cameras there and he's willing to be that vulnerable. And then you get that side of it, right? So I had so much more of that than I had of, you're a pussy. Because really, like, the dudes that are telling me I'm a pussy for crying... I'm like, and, and it's like, so you, you can the ones do it. that wish they were strong enough to cry in front of people. Exactly. So I'm like, dude, <laughs> what, what makes me a pussy? The fact that girls like to hug guys that are crying. Like, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to look at like simple fucking terms, but like in reality, I'm actually just being honest with myself and those around me of what I'm going through. And you know what? If you weren't so fucking stuck in your archaic caveman ways, you'd realize that it's actually good for you and you should probably indulge in it. Yeah. Tears <laughs> on the outside are much better than like uh, those uh, shitty feelings, which are thoughts and things right. on the inside. Yeah. And that, you you got out the, that the, the less healthy you get physically. Right. You know, like um, that's how you wind up with ulcers. Absolutely. And that's like the whole concept of dis. Yeah. There you go. Dis inner tears. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the tears that don't come out are, you cry right. inside imagine those thoughts or tears and like you know the things rolling down your face and it's rolling into your your heart and your gut and influencing i mean we when we don't fucking when we when we lose the ability to expel waste from our bodies we go septic and die and when yeah. we don't expel the waste of our emotions we go septic and die you know like i was at a book signing and this woman stood up and she was like, you know, my husband was 51 years old when he died and he never expressed his emotions. And I know that's what killed him. And Whoa. I was like, damn, dog. That's some serious shit. And like, that is serious. You know, like I, I watched my father kind of go through something similar where he like, he kind of lost his joy in life and just kind of gave up after, you know, fighting so many internal, phys like physically disease, internal battles that, surgeries and stuff and he just kind of he just didn't have any more juice left you know and like i feel like a lot of his a lot of his fear of being hurt by people is what put him into a situation of kind of running out of steam uh, and it's interesting because i feel like now that he's gone my mom is in a much healthier state and i hate to say that but reality is reality um when when he was sick she was sick sick they people sick. make people sick yeah, like they were in the house together and they were sick. And like yeah, that, mom that was completely anymore. the situation with my ex. Yeah. He was very I'm ill physically and mentally, and he was making me very ill to the point right. where I was like, I need a therapist. Right. And like I see my mother like released from that house of sickness. Um, now she lives in this like house of loneliness, um, but in a much more healthy fashion. Because I feel like she was lonely even when he was there. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, I watched, I watched, like, just the the giving up, um, what that does. And I fucking met a guy the other day at a car show 
that won the fucking best of day trophy with his fucking car. And he was 71. My dad was 71 when he died. And this motherfucker was fit as fuck and could kick all of our asses and was like, his wife said he was a fucking bodybuilder. Like I watched him eating a microwave fucking chicken bowl that apparently he brought with him because he needed to eat his meal. Like this dude was tip top <laughs> at the same age my father died at. And it's like, man, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, like, holy shit, you know? And, and like, like this one lady, so we, we have some folks clean our house um, and they come over once a week and they're the sweetest ladies. One of them 70 fucking six or some shit. Or like 72 and like she's like in her fucking 50s if you look at her so like it's wild to see like who who gets older and who ages that's a good one have you seen the uh the experiments that i saw this in middle school or something where there was like two plants and they one was yelled at and one was sung to or something like that wow. <laughs> Have, have you guys seen stuff like that? There's a whole book yeah. on that. Oh, I, we've done it in class, and I talk to my plants all the time. I play the music. That's what I did for my first pot plant. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. So I, was about to say, to I hope plant? you played a classic rock. <laughs> you know me. So, uh, yep. What happened to the plant that was yelled at? it was it was kind of slowly deteriorating essentially like just um just like you know if you were to yell at me right now i'll kind of wilt into myself essentially and you know that thing that i mentioned last week you guys was about like the frequency of the vibrational frequency of anger fear uh sadness they're all different and so imagine you're like boop and a dart comes out of your body or mouth of like this vibrational frequency that destroys that of a plant you know or something or whatever like just imagine that in our everyday world um but like specifically to other humans yeah yeah the buddhists call that a prayer field like they said a prayer field like some people call it an aura okay Mm -hmm. like and you set that prayer field at a certain frequency and it will affect the people around you Damn. Damn. Because that your frequency starts to set their frequencies vibrating <laughs> at the same frequency over time. Just like if you're in a if you're singing, you naturally kind of come into tune if you can, if you have that ability with with whoever else is singing with you. Oh. Yeah, your vibration starts you to match. Think. I wonder how yeah. much that affects your clients. Because you're kind of trying, you're taking in theirs at the same time. You're putting out your own. Um, That's why I, tattooing is so intimate. Yeah. Well, I I um I believe in the concept of the energy exchange between tattooing, but then when you add electricity to it, you're now supercharging that energy. Mm. And you have like physical penetration of the skin uh as an as an extension of you. So the energy that you put off is actually gonna go into that tattoo. Um just by being there so i feel like for sure you're gonna fucking change their frequency i feel like that's why healing happens so often in a tattoo shop emotional healing because like there's way more good people that are doing good intention stuff out there than there is bad i feel like in the tattoo world um and you can even get accidental healing from a dipshit that isn't even trying you know like (laughs) you can you can experience healing from a from somebody who's not trying to do good for you just you know? the catharsis of the pain alone is healing right but yeah definitely i do feel like there's an exchange of energy for sure um and that's why like that's why i try to i try to work myself out in my mind before i go into an appointment i remember josh carlton one time said um in a video he posted like you know we have these little fights with our clients in our head a lot of the time before we get to work um like we've we've had this little stronghold and we're frustrated or angry at them about one design element that they want versus what you want and and things like that and like you get so frustrated and worked up about the fears that could go wrong and then you kind of give a lot of your negative energy away and and now you now you've given away energy and like you put negative energy into your client before you've even gotten there so like when i feel that 
come on. I'll hear him in my brain talking about that. And I'll be like, all right, we got to turn this around now, guys. <laughs> we got to change this up. Like that. Round it out. Yeah. Better yeah. yourself and then set your prayer field. Right. And that client doesn't deserve this energy. You know, that client, um, think of if you were going to be in your chair today on the other side, you know, like every fucking time I'm going to get tattooed, I am stoked as fuck. Mm-hmm. So if I go into a dude that's sitting there all fucking grumpy and fucking scrunched up and like in the corner, fucking pouring his inks all fucking angry and slamming things down and slamming doors and oh, what's up, man? Like, fuck, that's going to suck dick. That'll break my heart if I'm the client that day. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go around breaking hearts. So I guess it's the same thing as the prayer field. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell you a broken TV when you walk into my tattoo shop. Yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're a coaching client, I don't want you to not get results. I can't live with that. You know, I've done I'm a saying? lot of spell work tattoos. Okay. And they're specifically healing and therapeutic and, you know, they have specific meanings. So I wind up putting specific energy into them as I'm tattooing them. Right. Because they're they're meant for certain things. Right. And like, so I am also going to start marketing super soul sessions, I think I'm going to call them, um, for the people that are looking for specific healing in a tattoo experience. And I'm going to have a different questionnaire, like in my website for, is this going to be a super soul session? You know, like now that questionnaire is, what are you facing in life right now? What kind of healing are you looking for from this tattoo? Um, You know, what kind of experiences are you trying to get over? And do you believe that this tattoo is going to facilitate you in? So now I can go in kind of like a Tony Robbins experience, you know, where he's already asked you all these questions via email with his other people. He can pick you out of an audience and say, I know you, I know your problems. Let me help you fix them. So like, now I know your problems. I know what you're here for. So let's fucking Mm -hmm. really focus this energy on healing that portion, you know, like, and like, I even like the idea of like burning Palo Santo wood or like fucking burning sage. That's my favorite. You know, I have sage and stuff, but Palo Santo is my favorite. I do, dude. So I, I I created a bond with Palo Santo when I um, did DMT the first time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The homie that like brings back those happy feelings, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's got such a specifically odd (laughs) to it. Um, and it's like kind of pretty, but kind of ugly, the scent, you know? Yeah. So, so like, it's it, it, and it's definitely like, oh, some fucking weird hippie dick fucking burnt this. So yeah, like, but it's so much better than patchouli. But so, dude, I fucking started to like patchouli <laughs> as I've gotten older. Ah, oh, oh, no, man. hippie ball sweat. Dude, I'm turning into one of them over the years, man. And every <laughs> shower needing deadhead I've ever met smells like patchouli. And I've met a lot of them. Like, I, I had this one fucking oil that I was wearing on a bracelet for a while that had patchouli in it. And, like, I was like, hmm, I don't like you, but I don't hate you. Try oh, sandalwood dude. oil. I bet just sandalwood would work well on you. I don't like sandalwood. I'm not a No? Fan. Nah, nah. No, it's weird. Like I like more fruity shit. Like I, I like things that that smell more, more soft and airy. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, we just. I, we just I wear amber. Off. What's that? I wear amber. What is it, oil or yeah? Oh, I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. Yeah. You're, You're muted, Lauren. I said I have some amber soaps at home that smell really great. Oh, no yeah. shit. It's a natural that. bug repellent, too. No shit. Yeah, this one. Yeah, on because head. amber was a carnivorous plant. Oh, okay. And the bugs remember that. Like, it's bred into their evolution. So if they smell it, they they hightail it away. Oh, shit. So they don't <laughs> die. The more you know. It's it also... to know. Yeah. Amber also naturally absorbs negative energy and makes it positive. Wow. I like so, it. See, those are things too, Amber, that I've always heard you say these little one-liners throughout. Like, we've spent enough time on these podcasts that that is something, if I were you, I would focus on. 
like when you're thinking about putting yourself out there, they're just, you, it's, it is unique. That is a very unique thing about yourself that, you know, all these types of things. Like, I don't know all that. Yeah. I'm a geek. I think that if, if you're going to put yourself out there, that that's a, that's, it's not necessarily relatable because not everybody knows that, but it's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see you hear more everyday thoughts or whatever, you know? And like, that's the thing. One of my superpowers is being able to fucking see the good in people and situations and like uplifting folks and shit. So like, that's what I put out there a lot of, you know, it's, it's part of what works for me. It's part of what I'm great at. Um, Yeah. I try to put out positive instead of negative or taking the negative and spinning it positive. Well, and like, look at who you are and look at what you've got to offer and lean into that, you know, like, Focus on your on your your positive traits and share those. And then you can highlight the negative ones to be more relatable as well. You know, yeah. like that's, that's what I do. Like that's that's why I like will do a live and know I'm gonna fucking cry, but do it anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or do a live and not even realize I'm about to cry and then it fucking happens and still keep it moving. Yeah, you just <laughs> suddenly start leaking from the face. That happens right. to me a lot. Right. And you know, like, it, and that's, that's a sign of like true emotions and true humanity, you know? And I feel like we try to hide humanity so much because we're so ashamed of it, you know, like, look at how long. And I don't takes. understand why. Right. It's weird. Like, look at how long it takes for all of us to get comfortable with our naked bodies. You know, like so many of us die without ever getting comfortable with our naked bodies. Mm-hmm. You know. We've lived with this fucking body the, our whole lives and we don't get comfortable with it. What the fuck? You know, like, so it's weird how many other things that we live with forever we don't get comfortable with until we teach ourselves how and like learn to like love ourselves. And whew, it's a motherfucking journey, dog. <laughs> uh, guys, I actually have to jump off because I'm on my phone today and my battery's uh, about to deplete. Well, you know what? It is 6.02. So um, we can go ahead and wrap her up. Uh, okay. And thank you, guys. Uh, I love yous. I appreciate you. Um, Lauren, I do want to get together and communicate uh, yep. about some of those things that you were texting me about, because um, that's really good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, once again, thank you to Guy Gabe everyone at the reinventing family for allowing us to talk about our feelings which is something that doesn't often happen in the tattoo world uh and it's cool newfangled stuff feelings um, <laughs> uh i love you guys thank you so much for being here thank you everyone before you uh, before you close off uh robbie yes. um if you didn't know all of us i know sandy uh guy will be there virtually but i'm gonna see him the day before but we'll be in health city next month towards the end of next month um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if Dusty will be around. That would be awesome if he came down because it's, you know, maybe closer in his neck of the woods. It's in Columbus. I think he is going to be in Health City, maybe. That would be awesome. I've got my first oh. booth of my, like the brand that I, you know, with Worldwide. Um, Amber, if you could come would be awesome. But yeah, it, that's when the reinventing crew will be Gabe, Sandy, me, Kyle, Fawn, like all the, a lot of the people that are behind the scenes with reinventing will be there. So if anyone's watching, that would be a great place for like our back end. I missed you guys in Philly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great to see anybody watching, even you, Robbie, if you guys happen to be in the area for that. I already have plans to get my back tattooed in Florida. One of my homies is flying in to do it that weekend. Um, But I'm still thinking about doing uh, paradise. Uh, oh, awesome! Time. Yep. So, um, I I'm so weird about travel since the baby. Yeah. Like, I don't. I just. I don't really want to leave. Uh, so it's been fucking annoying. If you so do I, paradise, I would bring bring your son. Really? It's uh. Yep. I was at Jiminy Peak last year. So there's like these. So paradise tattoo gathering is this October twelfth or twelfth to fourteenth around that range. Okay. Jiminy Peak is a family resort. There's okay. tons of places to walk. Uh, it's very, you know, private. It's in the mountains. You know, there's suites and stuff. It's just a big kind of outdoor, wonderful area. Incredibly kid friendly. I was actually going to bring well, my daughter. It's not convention style at all. Then. No, 
no, it is absolutely not. There's not even a huge convention ball. Like if, uh, so we did the needle jig meetup there last year um, with about 40 people into these rooms. It was, it just, it's perfect. You know, um, even going on a walk, there's like just a beautiful atmosphere. And in that time of the year, the colors, um, a natural high, honestly, I would, you know, just that outdoors feeling alone is I would bring my family there. Okay, cool. That actually, um, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. And that would be really, really, yeah. I didn't realize it was like that. Uh, oh, yeah. I just, he, Gabe was like, you're going to do it? And I'm like, I don't know. These are words. And whenever I, I can send you some pictures, woods, I feel like I'm in church. <laughs> I'll send you some <laughs> pictures of the venue that I took uh, at the needle jig meetup. Okay, cool. I, I'm texting Gabe actually right now. Telling He's him at I, an inspiring tour with uh, Nick Baxter at the moment and uh, Sean Barber, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Amber? Oh, yeah. 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 So I could talk forever and I'm sorry because you just wrapped up. But yeah, if Gabe will probably respond. But he's doing a super cool thing to check out anybody where they go to really cool areas and do like plain air painting or whatever. But it's a very immersive two or three day like seminar type workshop experience in various locations. Huh. That's super cool. Yeah, I will see you guys later. My daughter is uh, calling me on FaceTime. Um, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me, you guys. Hey, thank you for being here.